Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 81. So starting with InfoSec, one login was hacked through their AWS API, and the attackers evidently gained access to all backend data, including the stuff that was encrypted. I think it's time for us to realize that API keys and secrets are virtually identical to usernames and passwords. And the more powerful your API is, basically the higher risk that you're facing. I think too many people think two-factor is uh, kind of an end-all, be-all solution. And they don't realize that you have this massively powerful API sitting there and uh, tons of keys out there, tons of secrets all over GitHub. Lots of developers still have access to it and maybe they left the company and they don't realize that this is just as bad or worse than usernames and passwords. So the 2FA doesn't actually get you what you thought it did. A Chinese digital marketing company called Rafotech has infected over 250 million computers worldwide and like something like 20% of corporations with an adware package called Fireball. It basically hijacks browser search engines and homepages to redirect traffic to their advertising network. And it also gives them the ability to download and execute basically anything they want. It's being called malware and it's being called the big malware campaign. And obviously there's some semantics here, but I think it's more gray than that. I think obviously it's nasty, but running it in the open as a legitimate business and when you can actually uninstall it and it will actually go away, that doesn't seem like malware to me. Um, it seems like adware. If you can uninstall it, it's adware, right? If you can't uninstall it and it's hiding from you and the company who made it is hiding as well, that's malware. But again, it's semantics and people can debate the point. Hackers targeted a cosmetic surgery center in Lithuania and stole around 25,000 photos from their thousands of customers across more than 60 countries. And that included a bunch of high profile people like celebrities and stuff. They first tried to extort the company itself for like 300 Bitcoins, which is a crazy amount of money. It's like half a million dollars. And when that failed, they started going after the patients themselves. Uh, This fits my model for ransom extortion pretty well, where you have kind of the holy trinity overlap, right? You have something sensitive, you have a lack of security practices, and then you have the money to actually pay extortion or ransom. Um, Another industry with this perfect mix is actually law firms, and I'm expecting to see way more targeting in law firms in coming years. So someone talked a whole bunch about their use of Coinbase and like how much money they had in it and all this kind of stuff. Evidently a lot of money. 
and got hacked because of it. The attackers basically went through their phone company, gained access to their phone number, and then used the phone number to reset SMS-based SMS 2FA passwords, and then stole like $8,000 of Bitcoin from them. Really unfortunate that phone security is still so bad. And I guess this is part of the reason that the uh, NIST group recommended that you don't do 2FA with SMS. Pandemic is another supposedly CIA leaked tool released through the Vault 7 WikiLeaks stuff. It's a project that it's like persistent malware that turns file servers into malware distribution systems. So anyone who connects to a, a file system that's infected with pandemic gets an SMS or gets an SMB link. Um, and it's actually a compromised version of the, of the file they're trying to download. So pretty nasty. Booz Allen Hamilton is in the news again. Um, basically a research, researcher was scanning the internet for open S3 buckets and found out that uh, they, they found one with a bunch of sensitive stuff in inside of it. And it turned out it was a Booz Allen Hamilton controlled S3 bucket and it was tons of super sensitive data without any protection on it. It was like SSH keys, credentials to <clears throat> a customer portal and Fortify results for one of the customer's applications. So basically it was a repository for Booz Allen Hamilton, but they are a consulting company that does work for customers and the customer data was in the repo. So, uh, or not in the repo, but in S3 bucket. So this is latest in a uh, whole list of bad news stories from Booz Allen and with uh, Snowden, of course, being the biggest one. App Authority found an issue they called Hospital Gown, where they looked at a thousand apps, uh, 39 of them evidently in detail, which had big data leaks in the, um, that's leaks of big data, in the back end, exposing approximately 280 million records. The issue is basically that all these mobile apps are the like significant portion, the ones they tested uh, have no authentication requirement whatsoever to access the data in the back end. Google is running the qualification round of their CTF competition on June 17th and 18th. And the top 10 teams will compete for $31,337 at an offsite event that Google will pay for four members of the team to go and attend. So that's pretty cool. I'll be doing something else that weekend, but, but it is uh, pretty cool. Google continues to push the, uh, the boundaries of uh, disclosure stuff. Uh, Microsoft has patched another major set of flaws in their malware protection engine. You need to make sure you're fully updated on that stuff because that protection engine basically touches everything and it's, it's all about, you know, dangerous parsing. So definitely get that updated. The shadow brokers are offering a monthly subscription to O'Day content and they're charging around $21,000 per month for it. E-commerce fraud continues to fall across multiple industries. This was surprising to me. 
and it's down 35% since 2016. And the article is actually really interesting because it talks about all the different industries that they're tracking. And there's a couple that actually fraud is not going down or not as much. Uh, so definitely take a look at the link. Technology news. Scientists have almost perfectly recreated images. This is trippy. Uh, recreated images of human faces just by reading the minds of monkeys who saw those faces. So you show a monkey someone's face, basically. You read the monkey's brain directly. And you recreate an image of what they saw almost perfectly. It's evidently the most advanced example of mind reading to date. And the link shows the picture that was showed to the monkey combined with or right next to the image that was extracted from the brain directly. It's crazy. You got to take a look at it. Researchers at Penn State have created remarkably high amounts of electricity from the mixture of fresh water flowing into seawater. This device at the link tells you if you're listening to an AI voice instead of a real one. So it's like this thing you put on your, uh, on your ear and it tells you if a voice is uh, synthetic or real. Um, I think uh, based on the stuff I wrote about in my book, this is the type of thing that would be an API call that your assistant would be doing for you. And it's just one of many things it could be, you know, vetting for when it hears a voice, including like, is there deception or whatever. QR codes are massively rising in popularity and China is leading that adoption. Free software is suffering because people who create it tend not to create good documentation. So that's why people aren't using it. Or one of the reasons. Google is adding AI to its Sheets product, which is basically its Excel competitor in the cloud. Uh, so you can basically tell it what kind of chart you want and it'll go and create it for you using machine learning. I think this is another example of why local software is basically doomed. You install it and as soon as it's installed, it's basically out of date and dumb. The creator of the Brave browser raised $35 million for his project in 30 seconds or less than 30 seconds. And LG has launched its own mobile payment service in Korea to compete with Apple Pay and Android Pay. Seems like that space is getting a little crowded. Not sure how they're going to do there. Human news. Walmart is experimenting with having their employees make deliveries. So basically when they get off work, they take deliveries and take them to customers. A Cornell psychologist argues that standardized testing is creating a country of smart fools who can't solve important problems. Kiroshi, or death by overwork, is killing a lot of young people in Japan. People who can find North Korea on a map are more likely to prefer diplomatic approaches to those who don't know where it is. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. 
Um, drunk people are pretty much like themselves in conscientiousness, openness, and agreeableness, which are three things in the ocean breakdown. They actually think that they're different in these ways, but this new research is saying that they're pretty much the same. Uh, that's been my experience as well. You basically magnify what you are as opposed to become someone, uh, becoming someone else. Amazon's new brick and mortar stores are highly data optimized. They only stock up to like 3000 of the top titles and they're organized in a very sort of, uh, I don't know, deep learning sort of, here's what you probably want to see type of way. I can't wait to see one. I'll definitely check it out next time I'm in Seattle. The nation's millionaires are evidently extremely spooked right now about the political situation and nearly 40% of them are not planning to invest in the next month because of it. The concept of learning styles is coming under increased scrutiny. Uh, basically it looks like it's kind of like the tongue thing where people think there's different parts of the tongue that taste different things. Also completely not true. The U S is now asking some visa applicants for their Facebook and Twitter handles. So social media is becoming part of vetting basically for people trying to get into the U S the vice a uh, journalism company says that in 2016, over 17% of special operations commandos were deployed in Africa, which is up from just 1% in 2016. So from 1% to 17% in 10 years. And in Baltimore, high school, mostly high school, but a middle school also, um, in six of them, six of these schools, nobody was found to be proficient at the desired levels nationally in either math or English. Not a single person in six schools. Ideas. APIs are the Achilles heel of two-factor authentication. Talked about that in the opening. Uh, the difference be between precision and accuracy, basically precision is how close your guesses are to each other. And accuracy is how close your attempts are to the desired outcome, which is usually the truth or the center or whatever that is. I uh, got some thoughts here on three main presentation styles. One being infosec style, the second one being essay style and the third being Ted style. And I'm trying to move much more towards the essay style and potentially get into the Ted style. But I think most people are stuck in the InfoSec style, which I don't think is great for InfoSec. Why I talk more with rideshare drivers, just a uh, little piece there about eliminating unnecessary and unpleasant conversation to enhance uh, the type of conversations you do want to have. The strong story and directed perception hypothesis. This is, um, I think MIT put this out. Really cool um, article here. The obsession with exponential growth is poisonous. 
is a really cool write-up about how, well, like it says, uh, being too focused around growth basically ends up being bad for us rather than good. The metadata is the data, a really cool piece on privacy and how it's not about the data itself, but the metadata is the data. And oftentimes it could be as important or more important than the data itself. Um, got a link here about what are the world's biggest problems? And it's not really a list that you would think necessarily they are. And technology is making the world more unequal and only technology can fix it. This was a really cool essay, not my own, but someone else's. And I saw a cool comment on Reddit that went something like this. In 1960, with a high school diploma, you can get a job that supported a five-person family and allowed you to buy your own home. In 1960, with a degree, you were basically a rich person with a staff. But in 2017, you could have two bachelor's degrees, a master's, and decent experience in your field and not be able to afford much of anything. And meanwhile, you get to read articles from baby boomers saying that you're lazy. The, the whole thing was meant to be funny. Um, that's usually what Reddit is trying to do. But the difference between what a basic job used to get you in say 1960 or whatever versus what it gets you now really is kind of remarkable. One of Ikea's keys to success is that when people have to build their product, they actually end up far more attached to it and interleaving as a better way to learn, which I'll let you just read the article. It's really strong. It's basically about changing contexts, uh, learning multiple things at once and techniques like that for, for learning. Uh, Discovery, Mary Meeker's internet report is the must-read technology report of the year. And this is the link to the 2017 edition. Got a link here to a fantastic morning routine for knowledge workers. FontJoy is a website that uses deep learning to pair fonts to each other for typography and design projects. Analysis of how many things Facebook is involved in and what they could be doing with all the different data that they have. Got a full lineup here for Black Hat Arsenal 2017 in Vegas, where my buddy Jason Haddix and I will be presenting. We won't be presenting together. We actually are bringing our own tools individually, but uh, we'll be hanging out there. Should come check that out. Uh, this site rates how likely your job is to be replaced by robots, which is pretty cool. You just type it in and it gives you like an analysis of how many people are in the field, um, what the chances are that it could be replaced by automation and uh, average salary of the field. It's a pretty cool site. For the role players out there, this website creates different types of medieval city on the fly. Like you could make it like a small town or a giant city or whatever. And it creates a random level of detail about them. So it shows where the gates are. It shows how one section of the city connects to another. And it shows like these parts are craftsmen. This is where the barracks are. It's like super, super cool. <clears throat> I'm going to share it with all my 
uh, GM buddies. Got a cool link here on how to sleep. Some pretty comprehensive analysis on basically it's an updated version of all the research around different elements. Like, are you getting too much light? What about melatonin? You know, what's the right amount of caffeine? That kind of stuff. A pretty cool summary of that research. <clears throat> Iron scales did analysis of phishing attacks against 500,000 mailboxes at a hundred organizations and found some crazy results. For example, uh, the campaigns are getting more focused in uh, who they're targeting. Um, a lot of campaigns are targeting fewer than 10 mailboxes at a company. And a lot, like 33%, I think it was only one account. And a lot of campaigns actually go on for over a year. So some pretty cool analysis of phishing campaigns uh, using a, a pretty good amount of data. Cloud post exploitation techniques, a great talk by Andrew Johnson and Sasha Faust at Infiltrate 2017. This is a conference I might go to next year. Sounds pretty great. Recon is a tool for analyzing your network traffic to see if you're leaking sensitive data. HSE scan, a Python-based HTTP header scanner. DNS parallel prober, a subdomain tool that works in parallel for far faster results. Juice shop, a JavaScript-based insecure web app with all 10 top 10 vulnerabilities in it and death star plus empire as a path to instant ad pwnage basically i think the subtitle for the article was like or for the tool was something like click a button own ad or whatever which it's already fairly fast to do that but this this uh this guy made it even faster notes for this week i'll be presenting at black hat arsenal again um, this time for an egress testing tool called egression. Uh, I mentioned last week, my book is now available in paperback format. And if you'd like a signed copy, you can ping me and let me know. Uh, don't charge much more for it, actually, just, uh, just shipping, really. And I'm thinking about getting a QR code printed as a sticker and using it as the only sticker on my laptop, like basically putting over the Apple logo. And having the QR code be a link to the Wikipedia article on OPSEC. Thought that would be kind of clever, interesting. Also, just not have too many stickers, like describing where you work and what you do. So actually for OPSEC, so that's kind of the, the fun part there. But also just what looks cool. I think QR codes, despite me being a little on the fence about how useful they are. I do think they are pretty cool looking. And if you only have one sticker on your laptop, uh, QR code might not be a bad choice. And uh, recommendations for the week, Mary Meeker's internet report. You absolutely have to read this thing. It's basically the must read technology report of the year. And they just released the 27 edition. Uh, next one is kind of a warning here. Uh, over the last few years, there have been multiple hacking groups and campaigns specifically focused around the cryptocurrency space. 
So the lots of criminal groups that do nothing but find people who have lots of crypto, lots of cryptocurrency and they target them directly, usually, usually using phishing, but sometimes other methods as well. And once they get access to your system, they basically find your crypto wallets and steal whatever you have. And oftentimes it's, it's people who don't know how to defend themselves, right? So if you have any amount of Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, whatever, and any of these other currencies, you, you should be doing a couple of things, right? One, don't become a target by talking publicly about having like tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in this stuff. Um, don't talk about the services that you use to protect the stuff or the websites or whatever. And realize that the more information gets out about you, like if you're famous in the Bitcoin space or you work at a Bitcoin company or you blog about the stuff or whatever, you need to improve your overall security game, right? That means keeping your systems constantly patched, being extremely careful with what you open an email, having your various wallets protected with multiple layers of protection and several other things, right? It's a general hardening. You, you have to up your security game and also keep in mind that your whole family, your whole network, your office, all of that ecosystem could be used to get to you, right? So you need to sort of spread the word here and just overall harden your security posture. Um, take it seriously, practice good OPSEC and secure hi security hygiene at all times. All right, aphorism for this week. Simplicity is the extreme degree of sophistication. Leonardo da Vinci. Simplicity is the extreme degree of sophistication. Leonardo da Vinci. And uh, final thing, I added a support link on the site. If uh, you enjoy the podcast, uh, the newsletter, uh, the website or whatever, I would appreciate support over there. So basically you could just click on the link. I've got two methods. One is Patreon and that is, uh, it's like a monthly subscription type deal. And then um, there's another one where you could just put in, you know, some small dollar amount, and it uses Stripe, which I think is super cool technology. And it uh, sends it over that way. But um, that's it for this week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.